Undiplomatic is an unscripted and unfiltered podcast hosted by Zulf Hayek Khan that will explore the intersection of business, politics and culture in Slovakia with a host of high-level guests across the spectrum telling their stories. What is Brand Slovakia to you? Usually I'm talking about sport, but I'm also talking about nature. All the beautiful places, historical monuments. I'm so sure that uh, there will be more uh, foreigners coming to our country just because of Slovak, its nature, its culture, including in times when the government is, is not the best ever. Sure. We all make mistakes. Her right? mistakes were amplified though. Well, and she's a woman, so they were much bigger for some reason. Would never ever call whatever woman in a way how Robert Fico and others from Smer, but also from Hlas and from Slovak National Party, SNS, what kind of language they use against her. I don't think she should step down. I'm always impressed when Slovaks do things exceptionally well. I am saddened sometimes, however, that other people say, oh, well, it's not Germany or it's not America. It's incredible that a Slovak organization can put this together. And you said at one of your speeches at Globsec, I remember, I remember hearing you saying that it was the hardest work that you've ever had to do trying to get people to come and trying to find sponsors. So welcome to a brand new edition of Undiplomatic. Uh, today I'm delighted to be joined by a good friend, Yaroslav Nad, former Minister of Defense of the Slovak Republic, Vice Chairman of Democratic Party, and now Chief Advisor to the Minister of Defense of the Czech Republic, Jana Chernokova. He was voted by Hospodarska Novini as Slovakia's best ever Minister of Defense. <laughs> Dear Yaro, that's a hell of an introduction. Uh, thank you very much for joining me here today on Undiplomatic. Thank you very much, Zul, for uh, inviting me. Uh, I was really looking forward to coming here, so perfect. Thanks. Well, the, the title of the podcast is Undiplomatic, and of all the people I know in Slovakia, I know that you speak the truth. Uh, and you don't care what you say, no repercussions, a little bit like me in that regard. So we're going to go right at the beginning. So I've got your profile and we read everything, but you, like me, are passionate about sport. <laughs> yeah, you love ice hockey. You're a massive fan of Petra Volhova. Uh, she's my favorite Slovak uh, person, maybe with the exception of my wife. Um, a fantastic athlete. Did you want as a child to be an athlete? Well, I was playing football. Uh, right from the beginning, when I was, I don't know, six or five years of age, I started to play football. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, village league. <laughs> then we moved to Banska Štiavnica. Yeah. I played for Banska Štiavnica. And then uh, uh, actually when I was 18, uh, I quit. I started to study at university. And then when I was uh, 33 years of age, I returned back mm -hmm. uh, and uh, started to play again. Uh, here in uh, Kralova Prisenci, mm -hmm. and it was the third league, uh, and then uh, uh, I retired when I was almost 40, but still love football. You still, uh, what position did you play? Well, I started as a midfielder, uh, and then uh, uh, I finished as defender. So. As, the, as the body started to change, we, <laughs> <laughs> we move a little bit backwards, right? <laughs> well, that's correct. <laughs> I, 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 I'm also uh, a very keen footballer, and unfortunately, I, I couldn't carry on playing. I played also at a, a fairly decent level. Mm -hmm. um, and ice hockey, too. You're, did you play? I know that your children play. My son uh, is quite well. You know, he plays uh, ice hockey here in Bratislava, but uh, actually, I don't know how to skate properly. Mm -hmm. uh, so Neither uh, do I. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, actually, when we go somewhere together uh, for uh, public skating, uh, I think he's a bit of ashamed. But... <laughs> 
that's okay. That's okay. I, I know that feeling. When your kids are ashamed of you is par for the course. So now we move to Mate Bell and your passion for international relations and your politics. And I know you have a, a history uh, in this regard with your father being involved in politics. Was this something then you suddenly thought, okay, well, football hasn't worked or it's not going to pay the bills. Am I going to move into an area where I feel that my interests are going to align? Was politics something you always had in your mind? No. Well, actually, when I was at uh, the high school, I, I wanted to be a teacher. Really? But then when I was, uh, let's say, 16 or 17, uh, I uh, participated in a human rights uh, Olympiad, mm -hmm. Olympics. Uh, it's a, you Olympiad. Know, Olympiad, yeah. yeah. Uh, and... Uh, and uh, actually, I finished third uh, uh, in the whole Slovak yeah. territory. Yeah. Um, and uh, one of the one of the members of the board who decided on the winner uh, was a teacher mm -hmm. from Matebel University. And just after he came to me and he goes, uh, "Why don't you try to to go to study uh, at our faculty?" Interesting. And uh, I said, okay, that's uh, it's politics, uh, political science, and international affairs, right? Okay, that Why sounds not? sounds good. Uh, so I actually applied, uh, and uh, I started to study there. That was actually the beginning. And then when I was uh, uh, 19, uh, 20, I met two uh, famous people mm -hmm. uh, while uh, studying at university: Ivan Korčok mm -hmm. and Rastislav Kačer. There you go, two uh, former ministers of foreign affairs. Absolutely. And that time they were actually state secretaries at Ministry of Foreign Affairs and Defense. And they both, uh, we actually became friends and they, they both wanted me to, to join the ministries mm -hmm. uh, just after the university studies. And, uh, and that was the beginning of my uh, defense, I would say, focus. It's interesting that you mentioned that a teacher approached you. Uh, one of the things I've noticed since my time in Slovakia is that a lot of people complain about the education system. Uh, a lot of people say it's broken, it's antiquated, it's still socialist, it's communist-oriented. But it's nice to hear stories that when people single out an individual and say, well, look, why don't you actually entertain the idea of coming and studying? I think we need more inspirational teachers. I, I teach here uh, at Comenius University. I've invited you millions of times, but you've always... I will come, I will come. You will come. You've always <laughs> refused. Uh, uh, I teach at the Diplomatic Academy, and I see still that the systems, the old systems are in place. And be nice for education here a little bit to modernize. Um, I know maybe this is a plan that you have with your party, uh, Democrati, and we can talk about that later. So now... We're, we're, we're at Mate Bell. Uh, you, of course, met Robert Vash uh, and Globesec became a thing. Um, how did you transition into the Ministry of Defense? And, and was defense or, or foreign affairs? Because you knew both of them. You knew Korchok and Katcher. Why defense more? <laughs> Very interesting uh, question. First of all, uh, actually, I found Robert Vash. When I was uh, uh, somewhere just be, uh, before uh, the end of university studies, uh, I was looking for a successor uh, mm -hmm. at Euro-Atlantic Center, okay. the NGO that we had there. Yes. And uh, one of the teachers, again, singled out Robert Vash. There you go. He is a very nice guy. He is, you know, um, focusing on international uh, relations and, uh, and defense. Why don't you go and, 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 and grab him? So I did so. And uh, that time, there was, it, it was Euro-Atlantic Center. And... Uh, just to make the, the story shorter, uh, <laughs> it actually uh, somehow, uh, his, his uh, trajectory somehow uh, switched from uh, Euro-Atlantic Center to so-called Slovak Atlantic Commission, mm -hmm. which is today uh, Globsec. Yep. 
Uh, and uh, at that time, we uh, organized uh, a regional conference called Eurosec. Yeah. Uh, but Robert, uh, he's a guy who actually, uh, his motto is uh, sky is the limit. Yeah. And Eurosec was not Too big small. enough yeah. <laughs> for him. So he actually decided to organize Globsec. And that was the beginning of Globsec. And you know that Globsec is now uh, uh, one of the top five uh, defense and international relations uh, conferences in the world. And uh, uh, me being in your Atlantic Center and then uh, Slovak Foreign Policy Association during studies, I told you I met Ivan Korčok, uh, Rastislav Kacher, and uh, when I f actually finished the uh, studies, um, I got offer from the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. Mm -hmm. And it looked like uh, it looked like that I might be uh, joining them, mm -hmm. uh, but it didn't work out. Uh, and then immediately I was called by the Ministry of Defense. Uh, so it could have been different. You could have been. You could be ambassador now today. Well, yeah, could, it's or, possible. <laughs> or the foreign minister. <laughs> but uh, actually, I, I actually joined the Ministry of Defense and started as a as a regular uh, civil servant uh, at NATO section, and then uh, step after step, chief of unit, head of department, uh, and uh, mm -hmm. later on a uh, um, uh, diplomat at NATO and EU and then Defense Policy Director and then Minister, so... It's interesting, two things I want to pick up there. First of all, I, I want to give massive credit to Globesec uh, and to Robert and to Milan and to John and the whole team there. It's a fabulous event and me, as an outsider, I'm always impressed when Slovaks do things exceptionally well. I am saddened sometimes, however, that other people say, oh, well, it's not Germany or it's not America. It's incredible that a Slovak organization mm -hmm. can put this together. And you said at one of your speeches at Globsec, I remember hearing you saying that it was the hardest work that you've ever had to do trying to get people to come and trying to find sponsors. Mm -hmm. uh, so massive credit to the Globsec uh, guys there because I think it's a fantastic event. And if Macron can come and if all the foreign ministers from India and so forth are coming, you know it's important. Yeah, British Prime Minister. British Prime Minister, of course, as well. My Prime Minister. Mm -hmm. uh, another point that you mentioned here is civil servant, Yarrow. And this is something that bothers me here a little bit in Slovakia. I, I work, you know where I work. I work with former State Secretary also of the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. You give politicians in Slovakia far too much importance. We pay taxes, right? So we pay the salaries of the politicians, yet we are supposed to run around and you see a State Secretary uh, pan, pan, so and so, and you see a foreign minister, you know, we have to do the protocol. And these are people who work for us. Did you feel that has got lost a little bit here? In the Czech Republic, however, they're very aware that they're, they're civil servants here, they're people of importance. Not that I have any issues with politicians, that's not my point. My point is that I think people forget along the way that civil servant acts for the people. Do you think that's the case here in Slovakia? Well, it depends really mm -hmm. uh, on personalities. Uh, different people do different things. Mm -hmm. uh, it was quite, you know, um, advantage for me to to have this uh, lessons learned as civil servant at the Ministry of Defense mm -hmm. uh, when I became the Defense Minister. Mm -hmm. I knew people, I knew processes, I knew structures, uh, and uh, civil servants couldn't even lie to me that it's impossible because I I, I knew uh, how it worked when I was civil servant. Uh, but sometimes uh, people who are civil servants uh, become like too much uh, political mm -hmm. uh, and sometimes uh, defense minister or ministers want from uh, civil servants to become too much political. Sure. Uh, so it depends on, uh, on, on personalities, but uh, nevertheless, I met many people, civil servants who are perfect civil servants, uh, doing an excellent job. But yes, from time to time, you also meet the others.
I've noticed that here. But, you know, that's just a, a personal observation. Fast forward to the time now you've done your dues, you've paid your dues, you've worked yourself up the, uh, the Ministry of Defence scale. Uh, fast forward to the elections. The, the unfortunate death of Jan Kuciak and his fiance prompted civil unrest. Again, it's students rising to create this, uh, this idea that things need to change. So the collapse of the government was previous government uh, four years ago was precipitated by student unrest and people wanted change and people wanted hope. I think the word is hope. Uh, you were aligned to Alano then and um, the former Prime Minister Matovic gave people hope by telling them we're going to clear the cancer, we're going to get rid of we're going to get rid of all of this. Um, we're going to get rid of all of this corruption. We're going to give Slovakia hope again. And I think a lot of people believed in it. I believed in it. You certainly believed in it. Uh, and suddenly there is a change in Slovakia. You are now elected Minister of Defence. Mr. Matovic is the new Prime Minister. How did you see Slovakia at that time in, in 2020? And what were your thoughts as taking the role as Minister of Defence? Well, uh, well, we had some goals and, you know, a vision, I would say. Uh, it wasn't easy, uh, and I'm not here to complain uh, of reality, but, sure. you know, uh, I remember that the first day uh, Matovic's government was uh, put in position was 21st of March. I remember that date because it's my birthday. Mm. And, uh, <laughs> and, and three days uh, prior to that, uh, the former uh, Prime Minister uh, Pellegrini announced the uh, emergency status of COVID. Mm -hmm. So we did not have this first 100 days uh, to get to positions. No we grace actually, period. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, we actually started from the first day with COVID. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so we wanted to get rid of corruption in our country. We wanted to get rid of uh, uh, so-called our people, you know, the, uh, the, the nepotism. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and but we were actually politically uh, killed by mm -hmm. the COVID situation. And uh, on contrary to many countries uh, in the world, uh, where opposition was actually joining government in fighting COVID. Yeah. In our reality, opposition started to fight government for fighting COVID. Mm. Uh, and uh, it was extremely difficult. And, you know, finally, after two years, uh, when we actually uh, uh, saw the light uh, in the end of tunnel, uh, the war came. Yeah. Uh, and with war uh, in Ukraine, inflation came, energy crisis, uh, migration crisis, uh, some, from one crisis to the other one. Uh, it was a, it was a, it was a melting. It was a, it was into the frying pan, into the fire. We say there was, there was no baptism. Uh, uh, there was no, sorry, no baptism. There was a baptism of fire. You have COVID. You've got war. Um, how do politicians deal with that? Very differently, right? So it's giving the people assurances. I think during COVID. We, everybody supported the government in the first phases of what was happening. And then humans, they start to, uh, they start to lose patience when they're, Absolutely. when that's, they're, when they're ordered to do things. Yeah. People, uh, usually do so, you know, they, uh, they simply lose this, uh, this will, uh, to, to fight, uh, or to help, uh, or to obey, uh, in certain uh, situations. And, uh, and that happens, it happened with COVID and it happened with Ukraine as well. Uh, so in one uh, electoral term, it was very difficult yeah, to, to survive that politically. And on the other hand, yes, we, we've done some, uh, we made some uh, mistakes. Mm -hmm. 
And it's uh, human to make mistakes. Well, that's that's it's normal. Yeah. Uh, but you know, the, the 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 most important part of our program mm -hmm. was fighting corruption. And I can say that in these terms, we've done a lot. Yeah. Uh, and I think uh, I will agree with you. In yeah. This. And then, you know, even though uh, we, we made some some mistakes in foreign policy, in defense policy and in fighting corruption and fighting for justice, we've done a lot. Uh, but uh, that's democracy. It wasn't uh, it's not apparently enough uh, for <laughs> people, uh, but uh, we tried and we tried hard. Uh, that, uh, and you, another point I want to Joe, we met a couple of weeks before the elections and you were you actually spoke very confidently saying that you know there will be change um, you were very confident when we met and you said that the the uh, you will get elected and you'll be able to form a coalition and then the government kept on collapsing post because of all of these uh, unforeseen shock impact circumstances um, in terms of security and defense Yarrow um, I see a lot of talent again here in Slovakia. I see companies that we mentioned before. Uh, in ha were there anything specifically that you really proud of during your time at the Ministry of Defense that you think this is pretty cool? I've done I've done something I can tick. It's on my bucket list. I can walk away. Obviously, your support of Ukraine probably is in there. Uh, is there anything else that you can really touch on? Oh, well, uh, many areas, but give you know, me like the highlight reel. <laughs> well, one of the highlights was actually. Uh, uh, successful uh, business with uh, Zuzana Tuhawitzers. Uh, you know, uh, as a matter of, of fact, uh, there was competition with uh, French, uh, with Polish, with Germans uh, in terms of uh, selling uh, howitzers to to Ukraine, mm -hmm. and we succeeded. Uh, so in this big competition, we were successful, and it gave uh, a lot of uh, credit to Slovakia, uh, to our state company, and also it gave uh, labor to people uh, and taxes to our our budget. Uh, so that was one of the things uh, in terms of business, very, very successful. In terms of, uh, I would say, uh, international status, mm -hmm. obviously, uh, uh, delivery or donation of uh, S-300 uh, air defense system to Ukraine or uh, MiG-29s uh, supersonic jets, that was something really high on credit and uh, and, and even uh, the defense minister of uh, or uh, defense secretary of the United States, uh, Lloyd Austin, uh, he uh, claimed that several times publicly that Slovakia is playing much higher league uh, than it should be, you know, appropriate uh, for our size and, 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 and power. That's cool. Uh, and that's cool. Uh, on the other hand, you know, when we were discussing at NATO or EU, but especially at NATO, uh, things, uh, it, it was an exception that Slovakia was uh, asked uh, as number two or three around the table to comment on situation in Ukraine and other positions, which was absolutely new uh, if you compare it to, to the past. Yeah. So, uh, yes, uh, there were many moments where I was so proud. Uh, on the other hand, uh, yes, uh, we were, uh, let's say, winning in the international area and losing domestically. Yeah, it's and it was so uh, frustrating. Frustrating. So frustrating. I mean, and really. this is and this is the problem or one of the issues that people, maybe our listeners and followers, forget the divorcing uh, policy from politics. So implementing actual policies that make people uh, that give people jobs, create opportunities, uh, do things positively for our neighboring country, Ukraine, uh, generating revenue is forgotten. What is only remembered is that Slovakia is in Central Europe and are we allied with NATO or should we lean back to old times? And then people are blamed and no one focuses on the positives. I see this, it's oppressive sometimes the media here. 
hard for you to divorce the politics from the policy? <laughs> well, uh, you know, I had my program mm -hmm. when I was at the Defense Ministry, uh, not only a manifesto of the government, but also defense program of our party. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, we were just going step after step. And uh, more than 90% of the program was fulfilled. There you go. So, uh, I mean, soldiers were satisfied. They knew modernization. They, they, they saw modernization. Uh, they saw uh, a really investment to infrastructure. Uh, they saw that, you know, in international area, we're playing uh, the highest league, that uh, uh, foreign uh, support comes to our country from allied countries, uh, that we have here uh, troops from NATO helping us to increase our defense. It was all positive. Uh, so in terms of policy, it was perfect. Yep. In terms of politics, <laughs> uh, opposition, and okay, that's, that's, their, that's their right to yep. do. Sure. Uh, they actually were trying to complain about things that did not actually happen. Mm -hmm. Like you are uh, emptying storages of Slovak defense, so you are decreasing uh, our capability, our capability to, to defend, yeah. which is not true. Uh, or you are sending for free with no reimbursement uh, military uh, equipment and uh, material to Ukraine, which wasn't true. Mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, also in other areas, politics was very difficult. Yeah. Uh, so we were winning in, polit in policy, but losing in politics. And uh, after a certain period of time, what happened was that it, this losing in politics had impact on the policy. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but you know, that's, that's politics and, and you have to live with that. Is there anything during that, that, that time when you were Minister of Defense or when you were in Alano, maybe more appropriately that you regret? One thing I find, I notice here in Slovak politics is that you find politicians reaching, you speak to your public, your audience, you communicate with them very politely. I see on your, on your social media. Um, but I see that there are lots of politicians that use social media as a platform for hatred mm -hmm. and are rude to voters and taxpayers. Is there anything during your administration, maybe or during your uh, affiliation with Alano, that perhaps you regret? Or yeah. yeah? Well, it, it's quite easy to regret afterwards. Hindsight, right? 2020 hindsight. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, there were steps we were doing. Uh, where we believed it is right, mm -hmm. it is appropriate, like uh, nationwide testing. Would we test today? I don't know. No. Probably not. No. But that time, uh, it was a huge logistical operation for armed forces. Yeah. I was responsible for politically, mm -hmm. uh, and it was extremely difficult. But we managed. We managed. But now we see it probably did not have so much positive impact probably i don't know it's still i don't think anyone i don't think anyone worked out exactly how it should have worked now i yeah. actually want to commend you and the army during the covid in the first phases because the testing wasn't pleasant but every time we went to get tested the 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 army officials were always very polite very helpful and i know that they knew that people didn't want to do it mm -hmm. but they they did it and they smiled yeah well order uh, is order yeah but, <laughs> but it's good yeah. that in, even in that instance there was genuine uh, respect and i think afterwards people probably got fed up and wouldn't yeah. do it again yeah that, that's correct. Uh, and then, uh, obviously, there were some uh, protests uh, against the government, against COVID measures. Uh, and me personally, I once uh, wrote somewhere uh, on social media that, uh, that people who are climbing on the fence of the uh, office of government mm -hmm. 
historical monument, by the way. Yes. Uh, that Sacrilege. They, yeah, that they that they uh, behave like uh, like monkeys mm-hmm. uh, in zoo, and obviously uh, opposition simply used it used it politically, and uh, and they uh, started to claim that that the Arunat, uh calls uh, people monkeys. Yeah. And until today. Uh, when I'm in discussion, political discussion, that they say, okay, what well, you don't have any right to comment on that because you called people monkeys. I didn't call people monkeys. I called uh, some of the protesters who were climbing on national monument on on on, on historical remain uh, a monkey like, like monkey in the zoo because it was very similar. They were yeah. Throwing that. Um, but yes, for me, it was lesson learned. Yeah. I know that I will never ever uh, use this kind of uh, language again. Language. Yeah. Uh, let's say again. Uh, but uh, but yes, I, I say that uh, Yaroslav Nad uh, version uh, 2020 is different from Yaroslav Nad version 2023 because this position, mm-hmm. uh, being Minister of Defense in such a difficult electoral term, it really um, teaches you to be uh, calm and polite and have respect from that position and uh, respect from whatever high position. Uh, if somebody thinks that to be the Prime Minister it doesn't matter whether it was uh, Igor Matovich or Eduard Heger. Mm-hmm. If if somebody uh, thinks that it was easy to be prime minister in this sure. uh, electoral term, he doesn't uh, know we, what it really means. How, we can count probably how many prime ministers lost their job during COVID. Many. We had two in England. Um, it was a revolving door, much as it was. So no one got it right. And maybe in the countries where democracies don't exist, there were no arguments where perhaps... Uh, things worked a little bit easier. Language is something that you mentioned, and I would like to have put on record that as a foreigner living in Slovakia, all my haters on my social media are like, what do you leave the country? What does your opinion matter? Well, it does, because I pay taxes. I earn my living here. My wife is Slovak. My kids are Slovak. So I have every right to have an opinion about my life in Slovakia. But one thing that has bothered me, and it's not you, it's just generally, President Chaputova has done so much wonderful stuff for this country. She's put it on the map uh, in a way that prior to her being president, it really wasn't. This is Slovakia might have been known for ice hockey players, it might be known for Petra Vlhova, might have been known for Daliana Hansakova and Dom- Dominika Sibulkova, the athletes, uh, Peter Sagan, all of these great guys, but it's never really been known outside. Do you think some of the language that has been leveled at the president is acceptable? I mean, she's a woman. I'm a father to two girls. If my daughters were spoken to like this, I mean, I can understand why she's stepping down. A lot of the politicians um, from all the parties spoke to her in a way I don't think was respectful, and the media as well. Do you think language is something that we should look to refine here too also? Absolutely. Uh, And, uh, you know, we all made mistakes. Mm -hmm. I made mistakes. Also, Zuzana Chaputova made mistakes. Sure. We all make mistakes, but the her lang- mistakes were amplified, though. Well, and she's a woman, so they were much bigger for some reason. You know, uh, sometimes when you are involved in politics, you you see more than the than, than people see uh, sure, generally. You know, uh, so I can I, I I would be able to give you examples uh, where I believe she uh, made mistakes, mm-hmm. uh, also invisible mistakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we all make mistakes. I made uh, many mistakes. Uh, but I would never ever mm-hmm. call whatever woman, whatever woman, in a way uh, how uh, Robert Kaliniak, sorry, Robert Fico and others from Smer, but also from Hlas and from Slovak National Party, SNS, how they, and, and Republika don't even mention, how, 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 what kind of language they use mm-hmm. against her. 
but I would uh, argue with you that uh, I don't think she should step down. I mean, uh, I, I think she should I would stay. Be, I will, I, well, I, but I don't understand her, uh, even though I know what pressure she has on, yeah. on her shoulders with all the... Uh, Death threats? Uh, yeah, well, you know, that's part, unfortunately, yeah. that's part of politics. Yeah. Well, uh, I had increased my personal security for that. Uh, I had uh, death uh, threats to my children. That's just crazy. Uh, it's just not right. Kidnap, kidnap threats and, you know, uh, hi- yeah, kidnap. Uh, so you know it's not right, it's not, I, and I know what kind of uh, experience there is a, there she is a, had. Yeah, there's a feeling of disappointment from a lot of people that she's stepping down. There. Yeah, well, she she uh, because she actually did what Robert Fitzer wanted from her. Uh, so uh, if I were her, I would stay. Uh, but uh, she decided, and that's her absolute right. Uh, and now uh, we have a presidential election Next. in in half a year time. Yeah. And uh, and I hope we'll your be good able friend, to your, the... your good friend Ivan Korchok will be running. Yeah, uh, crossing my fingers. I, I hope uh, we'll have uh, only good uh, candidates, but I'm afraid uh, this will not happen. And uh, and uh, this will be again a real, um, I would say, a vote not only be between Ivan Korchok and somebody else, but also between uh, uh, politics of Robert Fico and his government mm-hmm. and democratic uh, alternative. Yeah. So fast forward to the most recent elections that we had, and you obviously Alano splits, and you went with uh, uh, Edward Heger and and Vladko Bilcik, who I'm also a very big fan of. Uh, he came to my class at University Yarrow, and you still haven't come. <laughs> I, will still, come. You, I will come. I will come. I'm a very big admirer of his, um, and he also will come to the podcast soon as well. There are a bunch of really good people there with really good values. And I know a difficult when you split during an election, there was still a, a, an allegiance to Alano. Now a new, new party is being formed and you're speaking the right things, a Western type democracy, the, the security that NATO provides, EU relationship is absolutely integral to the economy of Slovakia. If anybody thinks otherwise, they are idiots. And I'll go on camera saying that. Uh, without watch, watch your language. Yeah, without the <laughs> EU, Slovakia has no penyaze. Um, so that's the truth, right? Uh, my question to you is that during this election cycle, your newly formed party, um, it didn't make the mandatory threshold that you would have needed to, to get into. It's, it's an unfortunate result. How are you building on the future? I know you're, you're deputy chairman, maybe, uh, maybe taking on bigger roles there as well. What did you think of the last election, and were you surprised with the result? Yeah, well, surprised. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, there was potential of uh, 11 to 12 percent mm-hmm. uh, based on the uh, polls that we had. Uh, I don't trust polls. I, I will. <laughs> Me neither. I used to work for one of the organizations, so I don't trust polls as well. Uh, I went to sleep during Brexit, mm-hmm. uh, watching it on television, and it, and it said that you know we'll remain. And I, was, I said to my, I was living in Dubai at the time. I said we'll be fine. Nothing will happen, mm. uh, and then I woke up, and we'd left the European mm. Union. Yeah. So the polls had always suggested that. So yeah. now, I, now I don't believe polls. Yeah, but uh, based on uh, all polls that were, uh, you know, exit polls. Uh, not only exit polls, but even before yeah. uh, the polls that we had from various organizations, agencies, uh, we believed that we uh, we will be somewhere close, four percent to six percent. Uh, potential was eleven to twelve, but we knew that this will not fulfill. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, we were somewhere on the edge, yep. I would say. Uh, and then, uh, based on the polls that we have after exit polls, and as we know that our uh, voters decided to uh, to vote uh, uh, in order not to lose their vote. 
So they actually decided two to three percent to vote for PS mostly. Mm -hmm. uh, so we helped PS, but it didn't help uh, country unity, yeah. and our our party, yeah. but, but also country because you know with two percent more on our side, we would be able to create a government. Yeah, and we were actually saying that, claiming that before the election, if uh, PS has two percent less, nothing happens. But if we have more than five percent, that uh, it really helps uh, us uh, as a country. Uh, so, well, actually that happened. Okay. Unfortunately, we, we missed also 3% uh, threshold for financial support from state. So it's not easy. Uh, but sometimes difficult moments for uh, organization, including political parties, help uh, for the future. And I say that uh, if you are uh, actually somewhere at stock exchange, uh, you, buy, you buy shares uh, with mm -hmm. the lowest prices because then we have a chance to, to make some profit out of it. Yeah. And uh, the former uh, NATO Secretary General, he actually uh, had a motto that we should uh, cut the fat and build the muscles. <laughs> so uh, this actually uh, might be a situation with our party. Uh, we are now cutting the fat mm -hmm. uh, and uh, trying to, um, to fight this difficult situation. Uh, but I hope this will actually build the muscles and, uh, and will be uh, successful not only uh, for the next uh, general election, but also for the European election that will come in uh, June in next June. year. Uh, so sticking with this election uh, a little bit, over 500,000 people voted for Robert Fico, which is more than, I think, a ninth of the actual voting electorate. So something was clearly right in their strategy or something was clearly broken w with the Slovak voting population. Uh, why do you think that number? I mean, that, I mean, we respect democracy. We don't have to like it, but we respect democracy. And he and he 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 single-handedly got that amount of votes. And 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 I know there was an opportunity to form a separate coalition, which uh, didn't occur. Um, but with that amount of people voting for him, why do you think the population want to return that way? If the mindset may not be pro-Western or liberal democracy ideologically, do you? Th my question to you, actually, Yarrow, is straight up: Is do you think Slovak people want to be Western Democrats? They do. They do want to be uh, Western Democrats. Uh, Five hundred thousand people well, will disagree with you. Yeah, well, that's one tenth of uh, population, yeah. right? Uh, obviously. This electoral uh, result, uh, very positive for Robert Fico, was uh, a bit of a surprise to me. Mm -hmm. I actually expected him to, to, to swim somewhere around maybe 17 to 18%. Uh, but yes, that's uh, really a, a, a big result for uh, Robert Fico. Uh, but you know, this result is actually outcome of the COVID situation mm -hmm. and the war situation. Uh, so he was, uh, you know, if, if Robert Fico would be in, in, uh, in position of prime minister during COVID, it would the, part, be, the, the party would probably not exist anymore uh, because he wouldn't do the, the different things from ours, but uh, he would uh, immediately lose his popularity. Uh, but now he was actually uh, lying to people that, you know, if I were prime minister, there would not be COVID in our country, right? Uh, he actually, you, you may remember that, <laughs> you, you may recall that he was actually uh, saying in Slovakia that the COVID doesn't exist and he almost died in Greece somewhere uh, during his vacation yes. where he was put in hospital with COVID. Yeah. Uh, that's Robert Fico. Mm -hmm. And the same applies to the war uh, in Ukraine. I mean, uh, even today, what you may see actually is his rhetoric uh, claiming that, that, he that he would not support uh, military aid to Ukraine anymore, but they actually continue. Yeah. With everything that we've done, they continue. Uh, but they're just lying. So uh, people were lied to 
yep. to them and and simply uh, simply decided to vote for alternative uh, alternatives to to chaos to uh, struggling political struggling and you know and 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 and, and uh, argues between uh, Igor Matovich and Richard Sulik. Uh, yes. I mean, it, uh, as an onlooker watching governments collapse two or three times, people say, I don't want to be yeah. a part of this. I'm leaving. I'm leaving. We're leaving. Yeah. It, it looked like a telenovela. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it didn't put Slovakia in a very good light. Yes, that's correct. Uh, correct observation. <laughs> and, uh, but what I, what I see now is uh, uh, a skilled opposition. Yeah. It will be very difficult for Robert Fico, for Peter Pellegrini. Uh, for Andre Danko and others uh, to keep their popularity, yep. because they actually will have to fulfill their promises, which is impossible. Mm -hmm. Like promises just before the election of Peter Pellegrini, we will decrease prices for energy, we will decrease uh, uh, prices for groceries. You know, this will not happen. This will not happen. On contrary, uh, and uh, we will stop uh, aid to Ukraine. Yep. This will not happen. Of course. Uh, whatever they said, they, they will stop migration to our country. Yeah. Well, this will not happen. Yeah. So uh, the only uh, thing that can stop migration to our country is the weather. Uh, <laughs> so if it's cold, they're not coming. Yeah. If it's warmer, they're coming and yeah. they will be coming. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, uh, we will simply put this uh, on light and we will ask Robert mm -hmm. Fico, actually, okay, so why we have now migrants in our country? Why you are still helping Ukrainians? Uh, why the, the prices did not decrease? And it will be very difficult for him. And I think that this government will not survive that. Okay. Uh, and I don't know whether it will uh, take uh, two years or three years, uh, but I don't think uh, they will survive it. And uh, on contrary, I think that Robert Fico uh, would like to make a, a step and to shorten the electorate, uh, uh, electoral term mm -hmm. in order to win election, let's say, within uh, one and a half or two years. Sure. So he prolongs that. Wow. Uh, that might be his uh, strategy. Uh, strategy. Uh, otherwise, uh, there will be a huge loss uh, on their side, uh, let's say, within four years. It's it's worth noting, uh, again, uh, uh, Matovic, Mr. Matovic, was a very divisive figure, uh, often a caricature. Uh, you saw yesterday's <laughs> antics in Parliament. We see in the lead up to the, um, to the elections as well, the, the issues with Kalinak in the car. I mean, again, this is telenovela type stuff, but again, he's authentic and genuine to, in, in his way of doing things. Whether you like it or not, that's how he does things. Uh, pensions increased for the first time in Slovak history during his tenure. I know that because my Svokras told me. <laughs> um, and obviously the fight against corruption has been very effective. So there were lots of good things that happened, but they will never get remembered because it will always be about the caricature and, and the fighting and the Facebook and the, and the code and the Ukraine war. Fast forward now, Yaro. Well, I know time is uh, precious. We're on borrowed time. You have uh, lots of other commitments, including a holiday soon, I'm sure. <laughs> you are at the forefront of the democracy movement, uh, and your expertise isn't just local here to Slovakia. I mentioned in the introduction that you are now advising the Minister of Defense in the Czech Republic. Now, we work closely in my, on my other hat in, in the room next door with the Czech government. And I notice very big differences between the mindsets between the Czechs and the Slovaks. Is that the case also at the Ministry of Defense in the Czech Republic? And how did this come about, the advisorship at the, uh, at the Ministry of Defense? Well, 
we became a real friends with Diana Chernochova, the Czech minister, when we were both in positions and, uh, you know, the chemistry works, uh, mm -hmm. cooperation was excellent. And you know, just even before election, uh, Jana supported me politically. And uh, just after the election, she gave me a call and uh, asks, uh, why don't you come and, and be my advisor? Super. Uh, which uh, was a surprise to me mm -hmm. on one hand. On the other hand, a uh, very positive surprise. Sure. Uh, and I am enjoying my uh, position being uh, uh, on the other side of the table mm -hmm. during the meetings. You know, uh, it's very interesting uh, to, to give my advice, to give my, uh, let's say, experience. Sure. Uh, and then we have uh, many things in common. Really, we are two separate countries, but... Uh, uh, when I listen to uh, what they are actually dealing with uh, during the meetings that we have, actually it's the same thing. Yeah. So uh, from time to time I can say, okay, been there, done that, uh, and my advice is this. Mm -hmm. uh, from time to time, on the other hand, I'm just listening to how they are dealing with the, with the stuff because I know that we can expect that over a year or two uh, to come. So it is extremely uh, interesting to me. Uh, it is... Uh, uh, obviously, uh, the thing that keeps me in defense. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm still you within know, your milieu of expertise. Absolutely. Uh, I have my security clearance for the top level, top secret. So uh, I can be involved also in classified uh, things. That's and some James Bond stuff, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> uh, and, uh, and, and it's perfect. And it's really interesting. And I'm enjoying that. Uh, uh, I also travel across the Czech Republic and Slovakia, defense uh, industry. Uh, but I am also and mostly uh, dealing with Slovak uh, politics because, I, as, as you have mentioned, I'm deputy chairman of the party, and I will be running uh, for the for the chairmanship uh, soon. Uh, Congratulations! Of, well, only running. We'll see. Second uh, of December is the, uh, the, the the date of the Congress mm -hmm. that elects the the new uh, presidency, including the chairman, uh, and then we'll see. And then. One thing, I know time now, we're definitely on borrowed time. I ask all my guests on Undiplomatic uh, in, my, in my podcast, I'm fascinated about the DNA of Slovakia. Uh, before I ever came to Central Europe, I knew nothing of the country. Um, yes, I know, knew the Czech Republic a bit because, you know, everyone's been to Prague on a stag do, uh, or you went for a romantic weekend, or I'd been, I'd been to Karlovy Vary. All of these things, but I'd never really put my foot in Slovakia. Now, Slovakia is in my blood. My children are Slovak. My wife is Slovak. I have a vested interest in the future of this country. People might not believe it because I'm a foreigner, but I, I want this country to be the best it can be. And it's easy for me to be a Brit. I can say that because we have pedigree, history, and the word Great Britain is, is a good branding, right? <laughs> um, you can't beat that branding. Velky Britannia. Um, I ask all my guests this, and I know you're a proud patriot. There's a difference between nationalism and patriotism, and we want to make that very clear. If you could consolidate what you think brand Slovakia looks like, if you were an outsider, what is brand Slovakia to you? <laughs> and it's not just the Tichinki yeah. that we have here, or, or the Kofola, or the Vinea, which are all great, but what does brand Slovakia mean to you? If well, you it's a difficult question because, you know, being a, a, a real... Uh, uh, patriot means that you like many things, mm -hmm. right? Uh, if if I try to uh, communicate to my um, colleagues or friends abroad, uh, usually I'm talking about sport, mm -hmm. but I'm also talking about nature. Mm -hmm. I love nature. Uh, I am a hunter myself. Mm -hmm. uh, loving, yeah, I, I, I've heard. I love spending uh, many hours uh, in forests, uh, in mountains, uh, 
uh, and culture, obviously. Uh, and if I say culture, I mean also historical culture. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, living in Banska Štjavnica. That's beautiful. Beautiful UNESCO yeah. uh, mining town. Uh, it's, it's lovely. Uh, so there are many things uh, you can be you can be proud of. Uh, I don't like this uh, nationalism. You know, like yeah. uh, if somebody thinks that uh, we are more than others. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, but we have beautiful places, uh, and we have uh, some of our uh, our personal um, feelings or uh, yeah. you know the, the, the habits that we have even uh, are, are are unique, uh, and I like them. So uh, I don't have any uh, specific. I, uh, it's just a combination of things. Absolutely, but I, what I wanted to say is that I don't have any uh, negative uh, uh, reflection or uh, or uh, um, uh, uh, what's the English word I, I'm Maybe looking for? Spet the, the, the feedback, ah. <laughs> uh, any negative feedback from from all the visits that I had uh, foreign visits to our country, yeah. uh, because uh, you know when I show them all the beautiful places, uh, uh, historical monuments, uh, when I when I. Uh, gave them opportunity to meet with Slovak people, including those who don't speak English, but yep. I try to interpret interpret somehow or translate. Uh, then, uh, then the feeling was the the the, the feedback was uh, absolutely positive, and I and I'm so uh, sure that uh, there will be more uh, foreigners coming to our country just because of Slovak, its nature, its culture, including in times when the government is uh, <laughs> is, is not the best ever. Okay, so then I have one last question. I believe Slovakia can be much more. Again, when I go to England or when I travel to Dubai and we, we hang with our old friends and family, they're like, what, what is it like living in Slovakia? And it's very hard for me to describe, you know, because unless you've been here, you can't really feel it. For me, it's the people. I like the people. Uh, you never really understand a culture until you live with the people. I know many people might not like me, and that's okay. You married my schoolmate. You know I married <laughs> yeah, I married your schoolmate. But maybe that wasn't a good decision. <laughs> it, was. It, it was. It was. It was. <laughs> um, for me, it's the people. Mm -hmm. I think the talent, there's a lot of talent here. For me, one problem I see is I don't think there's enough showing off. There's not enough... Look at Slovakia, mm -hmm. how great. You see Estonia, mm -hmm. look at E-Estonia. You see smaller countries that punch a little bit heavier. Mm -hmm. Inside the country, Slovakia is very confident. Mm -hmm. Outside the, mm -hmm. the country, it's maybe not so much. Mm -hmm. I think the president has done a lot to increase the image of the country in the international circle because she's elegant, well-spoken, calm, considered. Uh, I know, again, people will disagree with that. But I ask you then, how do you think we can put Slovakia more mm. into the global spotlight? Good friend of NATO, a good EU partner. People who watch these podcasts don't understand these values, perhaps. Not all of them. Mm -hmm. But what do you think you would like to see Slovakia do maybe to make itself more prominent in, in global environments? What I, what I think... Bigger uh, airport. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. What I think is uh, uh, that we shouldn't try to put Slovakia on spotlight with uh, playing games like Hungary is playing now, or mm -hmm. you know, to be in, uh, you know, this uh, this uh, this this ugly uh, pupil mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> who is you know not behaving in the right way, uh, just because we want to show to others that we exist. We, we shouldn't do that. Uh, we should invest more to advertisement of Slovakia. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, uh, if you if you you don't think enough's done on a tourism level or brand Slovakia or good idea Slovakia. Well, well, good idea Slovakia is okay. Yeah, it's not perfect. No, it's terrible. Uh, yeah. Uh, well. Yeah. So, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but if you if you watch uh, Eurosport or something like that yeah. and you see uh, advertisement of Croatia, Slovenia, Estonia, mm -hmm. India, 
other countries, uh, it's worth uh, investing to that. Yeah. Because people across the, the world, if they watch a TV station and they, they see beautiful pictures of Slovakia, uh, and we have things to, to be sold. Uh, uh, everybody does. Yeah, everybody does. But yeah. it, it really depends on whether you invest or not yeah. uh, to, to this advertisement. And we did not invest a lot, I mm -hmm. think. Uh, and then, obviously, the, the first... Uh, Feeling is very important. So if you come to Slovakia by airport, okay, uh, but if you come by train, you don't feel very uh, comfortable at the, the main train station in Bratislava, yeah. right? Uh, Although so the one in Košice has been well, really okay, is okay. Usually you don't go to Košice. Yeah. <laughs> you usually no, go to Bratislava. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so there should be things that should be done uh, better. Yeah. Uh, but uh, what does the future uh, look for you then? This four-year cycle. Is crucial. You think it might not last the four years? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm interested. And in now, this is your last statement. What do you think the next couple of years will bring? Prosperity, joy, democracy, happiness, investment in infrastructure, or is it just subsidy caps? A, lo a lose of time. A loss of time. A loss huh? of time. Uh, we will lose time uh, for our country. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't expect any major positive steps maybe mm -hmm. uh, in certain areas mm -hmm. uh, there will be some uh, small success stories uh, but as a, as a country uh, we, we will not move in a positive way mm -hmm. uh, fast forward as you say yeah uh, unfortunately because you know after covid and wartime i hope this uh, region uh, will see a calm uh, time and, 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 and peace and progress. And uh, if there is a good government uh, in power, uh, then you can use this time. But uh, if you even look to the past, uh, every time when Robert Fitzo was in position and he had this, uh, this calm town uh, time, uh, he simply did not use it uh, in, a, in a positive way. Mm -hmm. And this will again uh, happen. Uh, so uh, unfortunately, uh, I don't think uh, it will be a real black hole that we can expect. Do you uh, still see unwavered support for Ukraine? Because the Globesec index suggested one of the countries that had the least sympathy in Central Europe to, towards Ukraine was Slovakia. Hmm. Poland is unwavering. Both the, the, new, the new government was formed recently, or they agreed on the coalition, I think, in the last couple of days. They will continue to yeah. support well, there will not be there will not be a real change uh, in rhetoric. Yes, yeah, you know they will play this theater, uh, but in reality, uh, Robert Fritzer is not brave enough uh, to communicate with uh, EU representatives, uh, with NATO representatives. Do you think there's an end to this war? Uh, <laughs> Do you hope? Well, we, we all hope. We all and hope in, that obviously in Palestine and in well, and, absolutely, and, and, and we all hope that the uh, uh, that the peace will come to both of these uh, conflicts uh, soon. We all hope so. Uh, but there should okay. be a, this, this peace should be a, a, a peace of justice, you know. Uh, a, 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 you know, it, it doesn't mean uh, that we should uh, uh, create a pressure on, on Ukraine to get rid of one third of their territory. I get it. Uh, because this is not uh, sovereignty, is right? About. Absolutely, yeah. okay. this is not right. Well, Yara, I'm sorry, I have to cut you off. We've we've got a <laughs> we've got a knock on the door. The boss has told us. <laughs> Minister of Time. The Minister of Time. Konietz, <laughs> Hotovo. We are finished. And on that note, uh, Yaroslav Nad, uh, advisor to the Minister of Defense of the Czech Republic, former uh, Minister of Defense of Slovakia, um, running to be uh, chairman of the De Democratic Party. 
I can't remember a time where I enjoyed a chat more. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for coming on Undiplomatic today. It's been an absolute pleasure, Yarrow. Thank you very much. Thank you, Zulf. Uh, I wish you all the best and also uh, wish, uh, all, I wish you all the best to, to, to this program that you have. Oh, this, thank you. Uh, it, 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 it's really fantastic, you know, speaking in English. Not very easy. Yeah. Uh, but, but you've uh, done it. Guardian, Al Jazeera, Times, <laughs> Telegraph, a Washington Post. You spoke I try. It. Yeah. I try. Yeah. Uh, but I, I wish you all the best, really. Thank you. And I think more Slovak politicians should address international media. And that's maybe not going to happen again in the next four years. So, Yaro, thank you very much. Thank you, Zulf. It's been sure. a pleasure. Thank you. You have been listening to the Undiplomatic Podcast, brought to you by Zulf Hayek Khan. 